my lovely listeners, and welcome to this next episode where we're going to talk about the silent world of horses. What do I mean by this title? If you go to your stables and or your barn or, you know, riding school, whatever, and you just stand there for a moment and listen, just listen. Most of the time, it's going to be silent. That's what I'm talking about in terms of the silent world of the horse. You know, horses are vocal only for a few reasons. One of them is when they're emotional, you know, and that emotion can branch off to are they feeling alone all of a sudden because they were with their friends and now they're not and they're calling for their friends, just calling for their friends in general, all right? Very rarely do they stand there calling for nothing. Actually, they don't, all right? It's, there's no better feeling in the world than when your horse neighs for you. I, I, I'm 48 years old and my knees buckle every single time that happens to me. And, oh, I just hope that feeling never goes away because that means my ego got so big that, darn it, I don't respect that beautiful moment anymore. It is just, oh. And I'm not talking about neighing for me because I'm bringing food. I'm talking about a welcome, hello, hi, how are you? Now, of course, um, horses can be taught to use their voice, neighing, hineka in um, Dutch, I guess it's called, whinny, you know, all these different terms for horses' voice. They can be taught to do that, um, you know, if horses are, for example, fed at the same time every day, especially horses that are in, for example, stables and somebody comes around and feeds them all at the same time. Horses can learn to call and in some sense you could even say they're calling out of a form of excitement. You know what I mean? Hey, bring me my food kind of thing. No one can ever really know, but indeed this is a a man-made thing. Dams, so mothers, (laughs) mothers of their babies, their foals, um, she will hinnika or call in order to, you know, get their attention or greet them or say hi or offer them something in a certain sense, you know, maybe the milk or whatever. Or if they're playing with a lot of other foals, uh, she will call to encourage her baby to call so she can hear their voice and recognize their voice. All right, so, but in general, the world of horses is silent. You know, I wrote about this in my book, my debut book, uh, The Horse That Broke Two Legs and Survived, <laughs> about the movies. Oh, it drives me insane. Right now, um, I'm kind of somewhere halfway through Vikings Valhalla. And um, it's wonderful to watch. I love all the costume drama and, of course, also the horses. <laughs> it's always interesting to see what they're wearing and... Stuff like that. Oh, but the scenes with the horses, you know, there might be just 
they might just be trotting across a field or gathering around a fireplace or at war, whatever they're doing. There's this constant, <laughs> yeah, voiceover of horses talking, and it's so unrealistic. I, I look forward to the day where they have somebody who has horse sense on set for sound and says, you know what, you could make this one of the first movies in the world where you realistically don't have constant neighing and constant hinnaker and constant whinny of horses because it's just so unrealistic. But, you know, in in the world of, yeah, fantasy and to those that are, you know, not around horses, they think that this is how horses are, this is how horses interact, you know. If we talk about another verbal communication from horses, and that is squealing. Horses squeal, usually out of a warning, you know, that's that's pretty much what squeal can be. Or a hey you, don't come in my space, or I am here, I am bigger than you kind of thing. Squealing is often followed with a raising of a front leg, sometimes both at the same time. And um, when a horse squeals, they're they're already in a place there of defense. So it can indeed create uh, tension. And where the horse is, in fact, trying to empower itself, most of the time they're, they're capable to do that, but they can quickly become disempowered and start to get scared of their own shadow because of the adrenaline rush in there. So, again, that really depends on the scenario and situation and reasoning behind why they squeal sometimes they do this little funny squeal you know and a little jump and then they go away and then they interact with somebody else this happens often when it's two new horses uh, together that are a meeting or let's say if horses live in a social environment together and one of the horses has been away for a while and they come back and then they're saying hello, and there can be a few squeals and leg lifts there. But generally, it's 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 yeah, it's not a bad thing, but it is dangerous. So I, I speak about that a little bit in um, the life of a Shetland owner, one of my earlier podcasts. Um, my little Benny is only ninety centimeters tall, and for some reason, he's just a people magnet. And a horse magnet, if they're not afraid of him because they think he's a sheep because of his colour. And um, on a few occasions uh, where out of my control, persons have allowed their horse to sniff his nose, their horse has reacted with that squeal and lifted their leg. And, you know, his head is at their knee height. They could basically kill him if they caught him wrong. You know, and it's even happened where... Um, someone let their horse sniff Benny while my back was turned while I was sitting on a box braiding his manes and their horse squealed, lifted its leg to strike and caught me on the back. Could have almost broke my back. I was pretty angry at, at that situation so I have to have eyes in the back of my head f- when he's around. But you see, the horse is not thinking about, am I going to hurt you or not? It's just not there in their head. What they're thinking about is protecting themselves and protecting themselves only. That's one of the reasons I think I love horses, because they really do know how to take care of themselves. They really are proud 
animals. They have immense boundaries if they're allowed to and they don't feel guilty for having those boundaries and that is actually one of my weaknesses in life is um, having boundaries and not feeling guilty about it. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that either in general or at some point or another in your life. You know, because I, I, if I'm honest, in the past when I set boundaries, um, I was told directly and to my face that they thought that I thought I was more important than them and that my attitude sucked <laughs> because of the way I interacted with these persons. And it's not that. It's just that I had boundaries up. By far do I think I'm important. I observe. I learn. I nurture myself and I grow. And but by far do I think I'm more important than others. Actually, that's one of my weaknesses is something in my own personal self-growth journey I'm trying to take care of and learn how to better myself. So horses are fantastic at this. And I've seen horses that have come from absolute abuse, absolute pit of hell including being starved, having cigarette burns on their bodies, you know, being fed the most disgusting food, um, which you couldn't really even call it food, um, and, you know, being so afraid of even a human's hand coming anywhere near them, and then in time, with love and care and nurture, recover, to the point of where it almost looks like they forgive. But I tell you, I'm certain that horses never forget. But they have this amazing ability to forgive. So if we can, you know, listen to, observe, adjust our time where sometimes just remind yourself and listen up, the horses are very quiet. It can help give you peace too. How does this relate to, you know, for example, using your voice with horses? In the past, I used to say to people, and this was mostly actually to change their habits, okay? Um, so the first year I would say, if we can practice our horsemanship now with just our body language and our communications and stop using our voice, it's going to help for several reasons. One, the timing of whatever words they're using is mostly out of sync and it doesn't really mean much to the horse. Two, if you're afraid, and I, I do have in the past and to this present day work with people who are afraid of horses, the horse can hear that in your voice. So if you're saying, good boy, and it's in your voice, you are constantly projecting that insecurity in your voice. Even though the horse might not the horse might not pick up necessarily on the vibrations of that in the voice, but they're going to pick it up in your body even more so because it's like this double response, you know, this double feedback. So the horse have, can't quite figure out in her body if she's afraid. Should I be afraid? Oh, there's her voice. Oh, that sounded scary, so I'm going to be afraid. You know, that kind of thing. I can't be certain if it works that way, but I know it sure as poo helps <laughs> if you don't use your voice or... If you're using your voice that you are really 
accurate and have good timing of when you use the words and that the words really do mean what you're saying to them and they are reinforced um, either via your body language or your communication so that the horse knows for sure that that's what that means. But for the most part, horses can function without our voices. You know, um, I generally use um, some keywords and clicks. One click for trot, for, can- uh, for canter, breathe in, for energy, breathe out, for slow down or stop. And of course, those are intensified depending on what I want. Um, but they're very short and sweet and they're on the mark. You know, but if when I hear people have conversations <laughs> with their horses, like the horse is supposed to understand, for me, this has uh, two pathways off of that. One, it's really cute and sweet. And, um, you know, it means the person is really in love with their horse, especially if the conversation is nice. You know, and maybe it means science laws, maybe it don't. It, it can have a lovely projection of feel good and just nice, you know. But when people are talking to their horses in the sense of correct, correcting them or telling them off, and then I see them do it the next day, and then I see them do it the day after that, at a certain point you're like, come on, you got to start to realise now that your voice is not going to fix this uh, miscommunication you keep having your horse body language communications and learning how to interact with the horse is going to fix that and you can still use your voice if you want but to be honest it's not going to really uh, help so shout at a horse often enough they're going to start to get afraid of your voice perhaps the same as if you raise your hand to a horse's head and smack them around the head do that often enough they're going to start to become head shy all right, so it, it's really, we don't want to be doing any of that, do we? So threatening horses, I, I hear this a lot in the horse, or get up, or hurt ya. Oh my gosh, um, this has absolutely nothing but a fear-based response to the horse. Okay, and if they, if they were lifting a hind leg and now you're growling at them, they might put that leg down and tuck the towel literally between their legs, but they haven't forgotten. And then next time they might be quicker to react. And I've seen it happen and it does happen. All right. So the silent world of horses, it is so endearing, so beautiful, so wonderful. Um, if you hadn't noticed this before, I hope you do now and just pay attention to it because it's it's quite beautiful. If you knew this already fantastic and um then you maybe get a little bit of a thought process behind you know when you do use your voice and stuff like that so i hope you enjoyed this podcast thank you for listening and please tune in next friday for my next episode you have been listening to zoe's horse bites podcast Powered by Get Good With Horses courses and online training academy by Zoe Code.